With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. 6.3 FM. The PSAs you hear on Miller and Condon and iHeartMedia Des Moines are presented in part by Nick Mick. We take care of our own. Now, here's Miller and Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome in. It's Miller and Condon on a Monday, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. Trent Condon, Ken Miller with you for the next couple of hours. Thanks for spending some of your morning uh, here with Trent and I as we talk sports with you right up until noon. On the BMW of Des Moines guest list here today, we'll uh, get our friend Scott Dockerman from The Athletic at the bottom of the hour. Of course, the Big Ten football schedule was released. I believe they finally got through Week 8. God, that took forever. Stretch it out. They sure did on Fox on Saturday morning. But we'll talk to Scott Dockerman about that. He's done a synopsis of Iowa's schedule at The Athletic. We'll speak with Scott at 10.30. 11.05. Uh, we'll recap for a few minutes anyways. The U.S. Open just in a weird spot, right? Mm-hmm. Right in the middle of football. And um, it, was, it was, I'll be honest, it was difficult to uh, find um, my way over to Channel 13. The good news is it was a blow. I mean, DeChambeau was pulling away. Uh, Wolf was going the other way. There was no drama for the most part in it. I watched more Saturday than I did Sunday, but Matt Rudy will recap it with Trent and I at 11.05. And then Dave Sproul covers Iowa State for KASI 14.30 up in Ames. He'll join us at 11.25. Fresh from being part of Matt Campbell's teleconference. Campbell goes at 11.10. We'll get Dave Sproul uh, right after that about 11.25 as we take you up until noon, Mr. Monday Night will make an appearance. He's due. At some point, he is. Uh, decent game tonight, New Orleans yeah. and uh, the Raiders. Um, Raiders will open their new stadium. Boy, oh boy, the new uh, I mean, SoFi Stadium is just such a palace, for God's sakes. I haven't seen other than pictures, obviously, stills uh, of uh, Allegiant Stadium as it was being constructed right off of what is it, I-10, I think it is, uh, that goes through Vegas just on the other side of the Strip. Uh, but we'll see that stadium for the first time. Good luck uh, in the comparisons to the SoFi Stadium. That's unbelievable. Some good NFL yesterday. We mm-hmm. thought there was going to be a, a kind of a blah slate. Turned out to be some terrific football. College on Saturday was okay. Uh, and uh, on top of all of that, we enter the final week of the regular season of MLB. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm... Uh... Getting ready for the playoff baseball, getting ready for Yankees and Twins, and seems inevitable at this point, though the Twins are two games back. They just have five games remaining, so it was fun seeing my team on Sunday Night Baseball yeah. for the first team in a time in a decade last night. They played pretty well. But Rios even with that, pretty well. it was hard to get off the NFL game for me. Yeah, I'm with it you. It was a really, really good it game. It was entertaining. You know, what? The, the, the maybe the one nugget I took away from the Sunday night football, how the hell has Russell Wilson not ever got a vote? Not, yeah. not only has he not won it, 
of the 50 guys that vote for this thing, no one since he's been in the league has put Russell Wilson at the top of their ballot? Well, they've really? always, always been a team, certainly until this year, that was, even when they didn't have a run game, we're going to rely on the run game. That, mm-hmm. That's Pete Carroll. That is still the basis, the backbone of his philosophy. And because of that... And the defense, too. He never had the year where he threw for 5,000 yards mm. and 42 touchdowns. He's had hasn't had a season like that. And they were always a good team, but never 14-2. and two. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times that also goes hand-in-hand hand yeah. with the MVP. But to, like you said, to not even get a vote. Right. And Collinsworth was going to vote for him. That's what he said, yeah. During the broadcast last night, and yet... He forgot to vote. Or he was late it's getting it in the Late the getting it in. Well, that was... And then he wouldn't go further about that? Well, you know what they were doing. I, I think Al was... Michael said something about the slow mail. Yes. And Collinsworth, knowing that he was on national TV and Didn't it's a divided go there. country. Yes. I'm staying away from this. Mm-hmm. I'm not bringing up anything that could be construed either way. And I think that's why he uh, just decided to. Let's move on and get back to the game. game which as- was a hell of a game. It was. Game aside, one other thing that I, that I took away... And I don't, I, maybe we can get more on this when we talk to some NFL people. They said that inside the stadium, they can only get as high as 70 decibels with the right, with piped the sound, in crowd yes. noise. Mm-hmm. Normally it gets up to 120 in there. What does 70? What does that sound like? Does it sound like a light crowd? Is it still something that impacts it? Just thinking when the Patriots got the ball back and they're like back on their two yard line, thinking how loud that yeah, would be in that spot right. compared to what it was. Mm-hmm. And, I would love to find out exactly what that means, what what that 70 decibel means. Is it something that impacts the team at all? Is it still slight? Is it still, you got to holler when you're changing plays at the call? You know what, Trent? I just go back to um, my going to Super Bowls, and mm-hmm. you would think that the, that the crowd noise wouldn't be a big factor because, you know, in theory, mm-hmm. it's 50-50, right? But it is. It, 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 you can distinctly hear the roar of the crowd, and, and it was seemingly, certainly the game in Levi Stadium, uh, the uh, pa- the Panthers and the Broncos seemingly was loud. I don't know. It's a good, I would have liked to have cranked it up just so we could have heard it, yeah. right? Um, and anyways. speaking of that, another thing, they still haven't figured out the crowd noise that we ha- hear on TV and the play-by-play and the color guy. It see, there was times last night where the crowd noise, it was too loud compared to what we're used mm. to. You can hear that, and you can hear when the crowd gets loud during a normal game when it's a packed stadium, but you can still hear the people calling the game. And it seems like they, they crank it up almost on television too much, and, and the guys get drowned out. And yeah. I heard that a couple of times Did last you? night. A couple of other games I was bouncing around, and like, just shut up. Tur- turn it down. I want to listen to the guys that are actually calling the game. I don't need to hear the crowd noise over top. And there isn't really people inside the stadium. You know, we we uh, spent a lot of time last week talking about just how blah the, the a college football the schedule <laughs> and and then the uh, slate of NFL games yesterday. It was a decent weekend, Trent. Yeah, both Saturday and Sunday there were. I mean, Navy's comeback was pretty good. Here's my takeaway: maybe uh, of all on Saturday, I think Miami's got a team. They've got a quarterback. They certainly have a kicker. I mean, this kid, my God, fifty-eight yards splitting the sticks—that's unbelievable. Um, I'll tell you who I really impressed with, and if if you don't follow, if you haven't seen much of Miami, this kid off the left side, fifteen Phillips is his name. He's mm-hmm. a big kid, a LSU, a UCLA transfer, UCLA transfer, really good. But that was um, that was the last Saturday that we're going to have to 
you know, really struggle to f- figure out where we're going to spend some time watching those early windows and in the middle of the afternoon window because the SEC is back. The Big Ten will join the fray here uh, in a month's time. Let's start with Iowa's schedule. Uh, your thoughts on uh, the cards that were dealt to the Hawks. The Friday games have not been announced yet. That they will still to, uh, uh, to come maybe as early as this week. I saw one report. I'm not sure if I saw anything um, that definitively backed that up or not. But uh, they haven't announced the Friday games. Uh, it seems like it's fait accompli that Iowa-Nebraska will play on Black Friday. But there are going to be other Friday nights that there's a Big Ten team in action. Your thoughts on the Hawks' slate? You probably would draw it up where you open with Northwestern or Illinois in that first game. But overall... I don't think there's a whole lot to complain about here. The crossovers are the crossovers that we felt like we knew coming Mm -hmm. into it. They took the Ohio State game off the schedule, which was added, of course, the Maryland game in that seven-day or six-day schedule that we had after the first release before everything was shut down in early August. But I think overall, yeah, road trip to Purdue isn't great. No, especially if Rondell Moore gets uh, his eligibility. But even last year, Moore didn't play in that game, and and Bell had almost 200 yards receiving. This is just a bad matchup for Iowa. Mm -hmm. The way that they play, Phil Parker has not been able to figure out. And Jeff Brom, it's very simple what he does. He's going to scratch where it itches. He is Hayden Fry. And if you have an issue, they're going to do it again and again Mm -hmm. and again. Was it two, three years ago, the French wide receiver that was just eating them up, and Iowa had to change a bunch of cornerbacks over there, and was Ojibudia for a while, and then Hankins was over there. Had a difficult day yesterday, by the way, Ojibudia, and and they were just all over the place trying to figure out who the right guy was. Well, until that happened, he had three long catches, two of them for touchdowns, and Iowa Mm -hmm. lost that game at home. So yeah, it's not a great matchup to open up, but it's Purdue. I think it's going to be a pretty improved Purdue team. They had a season from hell last year. They had so many injuries. It wasn't just Rondell Moore. If they can find a quarterback, and yeah. and they will, I, I certainly believe that Brown will find a guy that can throw I, the football around. I think he's a terrific coach, Trent, and I think he's got a really good coaching staff to go along with him. But it's still Purdue. It is. It's, it's a toss-up game. Yep. Uh, then Northwestern, Michigan State. Both. You very well could be 3-0. and It's not a stretch that I was 3-0. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I, I'm with you. I think the Purdue games, obviously, the that, most difficult. Yep, of, the three. of those three, because I'm not sure what and, Michigan State, North location aside, I think it's the most difficult. Even if that one was at home and the other two were mm-hmm. on the road, I still just think the way Purdue plays, mm-hmm. it's a difficult matchup. But on paper, three and zero is not a stretch at all for this team. Off to Minnesota, another coin flip game. Yep, I agree. I agree. It's a road trip. Mm-hmm. Already played a road game. We'll see if they, that gets moved back to a Friday as originally scheduled. And then Penn State. It'll probably be a good game, and Penn State will probably mm-hmm. win, right? I mean, that's, uh, yeah. that's that's the way that it's been right. from there. You get a little bit of a, a respite. With Nebraska? Nebraska. Mm-hmm. Black Friday possibility there. Like what they did there, moving that to Thanksgiving weekend. We'll see if that can happen. And then finish up with Illinois and Wisconsin. Is Iowa playing for the Big Ten West title? No. In that final game of the year? No. Wisconsin's already run away. I think so. I think they've got two game lead. They'll be a two two clear. I do. I mean, I hope they are. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't that be something, right? So, uh, December the twelfth, if everything is on the line, when the Badgers come to Kinnick Stadium, sign me up for that in a heartbeat. I was four and three, and they're yeah, I could see they're seven that. and one. I could see that four and three, six and one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's. Yeah, somewhere Probably wrong. Right. Uh, the Nebraska schedule, Trent, it was comical to see it come out. Uh, it was more comical to see uh, Bill Moose. Um, like, he's sticking up for his team. I get it. What, what are they whining about? I, it's a, such a bad look. It, it is sip, a bad look. I agree. It's sip, a bad look. come on. No, see, I don't get that point. And, and John Miller piled on him, too. He's quoting Bill Moose. 
He's quoting his... He, he was quoting Bill Moose, but he also wrote the article. He's also now, asking the question. I didn't read question. the article, to be fair. I did he's, not... he's setting it up. He's setting it up. This is why Nebraska media and SIP, yeah. they get... See, a, that's, that's not fair to him, and he's my friend, so I'm, I, don't, I should put that out there very quickly. You know I like... I enjoy right. having SIP on. But I, the way I read it, it was he's quoting his AD... Uh, in the tweets again, I I'd reach my five limit articles uh-huh. at the uh, oh, okay. Lincoln Journal Star, and I enjoy uh, it's it's a buck a month, but I've been spending a lot of buck a months on on papers, and I drew the line. But um, yeah, it's not a good look. I agree with you. Ohio State it comes out of the gate. That's you know, that's who you get. I mean, that's no picnic, right? You'd have liked like you just said. You'd love to have Northwestern if you had your druthers, and then Wisconsin. So you get those two out of the way. That's another way of looking at it. But there are two crossovers: are Ohio State and Penn State. Yeah, that's not great. That's not great. No, that's not who you draw. But Ohio State is their protected rival. Mm-hmm. That is the now, way. How the did schedule. that come about? TV. Is that what it was? It was inventory. Yeah, trying to get as many good games as possible. Mm-hmm. That's why you have Iowa Penn State. Wouldn't Ohio State Wisconsin be draw more eyeballs? Mm, I don't know. I, I mean, it's we're, we're, in all likelihood, we're going to see that game on the nineteenth, yeah. anyways. Now, when we get the next set of protected rival, you remember who Iowa is, right? I don't. Rutgers. Oh God. Yeah. I mean, talk about terrible. And Nebraska's is who? Penn State? I, I'm not sure. who. I can't remember who Nebraska's is. But, yeah, the next set of protected rivals. So you're going to see Iowa-Maryland play, uh-huh. I think, six out of eight years then with that uh, new set as long as the schedule plays out the way Maryland or Rutgers? Rutgers. 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 Yeah. Well, uh, we have a schedule. That's all we ask yes. for. Now let's uh, take care of business and get to that point, the 23rd, which is a Friday, um, 24th weekend. Can't get here quick enough. I love watching Big Ten football. And thankfully, we are going to give uh, be afforded that um, in a month's time. This weekend, it gets real good. Now, here's the thing with Iowa State and TCU, Trent. Looking at this TCU team, and Max Dugan, we don't know if he's going to play or not. Right. I can't find anything definitive. Now, maybe um, maybe we'll know at some point today. What at, time's Patterson? At some time, maybe this week, too. Because the last thing that we heard, and this was back in August, was... That he's out indefinitely with that heart condition. Right. Do you know what time Patterson... Does Patterson go before Campbell in the I'm teleconference? Not sure. I'm not sure the order that they have this year, the way that it's set up. But because you know he's going to be asked that question. I yes. Mean, that, yeah, absolutely. No, no doubt. But there was a lot of conversation at that time. Duggan, season's in doubt. Yeah. And that's kind of the terms mm-hmm. that were used at that point. So... I would guess if we don't get it today, we'll get it at some point this week. Well, I, I searched. Uh, I did a search this morning when I was getting ready for for work today. Um, I searched him on tw- on, on Google, mm-hmm. and there's a two forty seven, but it's a pay article. Oh, okay. Um, good news. Potential good news. I think was the was the title uh, of the piece. Potential good news for Max Dugan. All right. Uh, I don't know what that means. Maybe that means he's going to play. You know, in the in the final month of the season, right, maybe right. that's the good news, or maybe the good news he's going to play Saturday against uh, Iowa State. But look, the offense uh, for TCU is not good. No, uh, if it, if it's not if it's not Dugan, the the quarterback's going to be in. His name escapes me. He's a transfer from Georgia who was a walk on right. at yeah. Georgia. So I mean, 
A, you got to give the kid a little credit for thinking, I'm just going to walk into that quarterback room and make my mark <laughs> with all of those QBs that come out of that program. But he's found his way to TCU, and he's, back, he's, he's worked his way up the depth chart. Maybe we'll see him. Uh, I'm not sure if what, what the story is on the running back, the five-star running back, Zachary James, uh, where he sits on the depth chart. This is another kid from Georgia who was all over the place. He finished. He was at two schools before uh, society, you know what? I'm coming back to the Big 12. He's now with TCU. I don't know what his situation is, but I do know this. Defensively, as you would expect, this is where they're going to make their hay, right? Mm-hmm. Their, their linebackers are good. They got a couple of safeties. Uh, Greg Eisworth type of safeties on that roster. Don't know what their front line is like. They've got to replace a lot of guys. Um, but this is a game, especially with Oklahoma's, uh, Oklahoma looming. If you're Iowa State, the last thing you want to be is 0-2 with the Sooners coming to town. You better take care of business. So last year, Iowa State throttled them 49-24. And you look at TCU, they were 5-7 and last year. Huge step back from what we're used to with Patterson's team. But their losses last year, outside of that Iowa State loss, lost by three. Lost by seven, lost by seven, lost in triple overtime by six, lost by four, lost by three. Mm. They were snake bitten. A and, lot and of who close were, losses. Who were those schools that? Uh, was there a was there a Texas or an Oklahoma on that list? Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, Baylor, West Virginia, K State, uh, and SMU. You know, we got to throw Baylor in too. They had LV. They did, yeah. We were ranked twelfth at what the time. What was that the they triple played. overtime game? That was the Baylor game. Was it? I yeah. So this is a team, though they were five and seven mm-hmm. limping in. They were play away in a lot of these mm-hmm. games. And remember how much Duggan struggled oh, last year, Oh, and he got way... I mean, yeah. as you would anticipate, right, mm-hmm. with his freshman quarterback as the year went on, he started to, the game started to slow down a little bit. They beat Texas last year. Uh-huh. This, it's not a layup. No, it's and, not. As we found out two and weeks ago. And what's the number? Iowa State's favorite in this football game? The first place I saw it, Circus Sports out in Vegas. They're yeah. the ones that release the lines basically before anybody now. They yeah. are first. They have uh, jumped in that. A couple years ago, they started doing that. They opened TCU as a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Most of the other books, though, that opened it yesterday had Iowa State as a slight favorite. Mm. Now, I wonder if Circa moved very quickly, if they got a couple of bets right away on Iowa State, and that moved it, and then everybody well, followed let, suit. Let me give you a little, oh, you know this, but uh, a little tip as to how this works. You don't want to be first. Yes. If you're in, if you're in this if booking business. Mm-hmm. You want somebody to go first, and then you react to what they see early. If they start taking a ton of money, then you just wait. Right. <laughs> and when somebody else goes up, then you go up and you and you copycat them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Vegas Vegas books for a long time, uh, they would copycat what they were going on offshore because offshore would be first, then the Vegas books would. It used to be for the college line, Sunday about 4.30 or 5 o'clock, the numbers would come out first. Um, and now Circuit comes out early because you tweeted that, what, like 1 o'clock or something? Yeah, might even been a touch earlier than that. So they open it at 2 at been 2.40. So 1.04 is what at least they have it opened up here. It moved four minutes later to Iowa State, TCU Pickham. Yeah. Uh, within 17 minutes, Iowa State then was favored. And now, this morning, Iowa State by 4.5. Four and a half. There is a lot. This is at Circus Sports. There is a lot of Cyclone money. And these are usually the Sharps that are playing yeah. this quickly that are coming in on the Cyclones this yeah, I've week. I've got William Hill's got it at four. Uh, Circus Sports has it at four and a half. DraftKings also four and a half. So that looks as though that's uh, going to be the number. 
somewhere around there. Anyways. They probably know who the quarterback is out there already. Yeah, Trent, <laughs> the, the, uh, they've got a lot of contacts. We'll put it <laughs> yes, they do. A lot of contacts. All right, baseball from last night. It was good to see your twins uh, get some uh, national exposure. Here's my question in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what David Ross, obviously this team, uh, Cappy, uh, do, you, do you see Cappy's recap? I see Twitter? it, I usually don't click, click on so, it. So apparently, according to Cap, this was the most inept offense in the history of Chicago Cub baseball at Wrigley Field in a regular oh, season. Okay, The worst offensive numbers, again, different year, I get it, mm-hmm. but the batting average was a collective like 210 or something like that, which is the worst of all time in the history of the Cubs. And Wild. you Cubs fans know that uh, there's been some bad ones. Uh, but but David Ross um, yanked on national television, yanked Schwarber out of the game, benched him mm-hmm. after three innings for a ball that kind of kicked around a little bit. Trent, I don't remember who hit the ball. Was it Cave? It, mm, it, I don't remember. He liked, he, he, um, I, I think he was awarded a triple, but the and I don't think Schwarber thought he was going to try and stretch what looked like to be a sure double into a triple. But um, Rossi benched him. I mean, you wouldn't think that Schwarber would be one of those guys. Now, Baez, on the other hand, I mean, th- this is a guy that's been known to, you know, he hits a ball in the air, he thinks it's, he starts to go into his home run, run trot, and it goes off the wall and holds him to a long signal, mm-hmm. single. We've seen that. But for him to bench Schwarber, who's... I don't know. He seems like a kid who hustles his ass off to me. I was surprised. I was too. And is this I, sending a message to a team that you know, guys, it's time to quit peeing around? I think it was that. And I saw a little bit on the Athletic uh, today an article talking about that. And what they said is, this is a veteran that can handle it. This is a veteran that is not going to go into a shell. He's not going to you know, turn into a pumpkin here. Mm-hmm. He's going to take the the criticism, Jeez. and he's going to build on it. Because there are some guys that you do that, even if they are aloof. They mm-hmm. are loafing out there. It, those kind of guys, and they don't handle it well. Like a Chris Bryant, maybe? It very well could be. That's, right? that's how he strikes me. Yeah. Very sensitive. Yes. Yes. But you know Schwarber isn't. No, he's I don't He's tough think and he'll either. take the criticism. Absolutely. He said, you're right. Whenever there's a scrum, I want him lead my, leading the way the team over to the other <laughs> team's dugout. Did you see uh, the when they had Ian Happ? Mic'd up. Uh, mic'd up. Yeah, I did. And then they went back and they, they showed the triple that he was yeah. talking about. Yeah. The triple that was not a triple. He's the only, he's hustling because he was a triple away from the cycle. It's his rookie year. He hits a ball and down into the left field corner. He had no idea. Mm-hmm. He thought that the ball was rolling around out there. Meanwhile, it was caught. It was caught. For the third and out he, of the And inning. they show up later in the game and they show that replay and he's busting his way into third and then sees that it's caught yeah. and just walks back to the dugout. Yeah. It, was, it was really good and now, Ian Happ, going back to when he was down here on the farm a year ago, mm-hmm. Tommy Birch, our friend, tried to... Wouldn't, he wouldn't talk. Tried to have conversations with him. And he wasn't being a dick, Happ, I mean, yeah. or Birchie. Right, right, right. <laughs> Just whatever article. Yeah. How are you doing? What are you doing down here? Yeah. Those kind of things. And Happ didn't want to talk. He, mm-hmm. He's been a guy that I've always thought of, kind of a red ass, yeah. a bit of a problem. The case? No, I don't think so either. No, hearing him, hearing him more this season in interviews with him, I think a guy that I read wrong. Yep, I'm he, with you. He's a guy that's pretty easy, and boy, without him, you Oof. speak of those offensive woes. Well, the beginning of the season, he, I mean, he carried him. Yeah, you know, I, I'd like to see David Ross land a fire under his third baseman's. You know what? Mm-hmm. I mean, he's batting a buck ninety-seven. Chris it, Bryant's batting. Is that a, what it is yes. now? Oh, buck ninety-seven. Rizzo two twelve. Schwarber a buck ninety. Uh, Baez two oh five. And they're going to be the two seed. And they're going to be the two seed. And they're not going to be the two seed for very long, Trent. I don't care who they play. This doesn't look like a team that's going very far. Marlins? Phillies? I don't know. Yeah. 
I don't know. We'll know soon. This is the final week of the regular season. So Cubs have the Pirates before they go to the White Sox. The White Sox should have clinched first place by then, you would think. You would think. The Twins are two back right now, but the Twins have played two extra games. So the White Sox could be in a spot. You know what? We're just going to set up our rotation. Absolutely. We're going to get that bullpen right. We're not going to use any of our big arms. It's going to be a lot of the guys 26 to 30 on on that roster that are going to be playing in those games. It's good for the Cubs. The Cubs are going to be in fine shape too, where they can set their rotation. That final series that we were excited about, yeah, it's not going to be. It's not going to be much there. Is I'm not going to watch. So I don't know if I watch any of it. The way that it's setting up right now. Yeah, what's for, what, what we got for football on Friday night? Uh, that would be. What are you? Where are you going Friday night? By the way, well, Ankeny makes their way up to Valley. That should be a good one. Few other good games on the schedule. Figuring that out here later today. But all right. So to recap your Southeast Polk. Game oh. Friday night. Are they as good as advertised? They're better than advertised. Are they really? I, Are they the best team in the CIML? They're the best team in the state, bar none. And Are it's they not really? Close. It's not close. Wow. So they've played for a state championship once. Uh, that was, um, was that Anger's team that beat them? I think oh, it was. Oh, yeah. I think it was. And one of the greatest performances oh, I've ever seen I'll on never, a high school football field. I'll, I'll never forget. He played with one arm. Yeah. Played with one arm. It was the best player on the field, and it wasn't even close. Um, this team isn't even close to everybody else. They have separated right? themselves a long, long way. What's the, what, what's the one area that you can poke holes at? Is there? Quarterback play good? Kicker. Kicker? Kicker. Wow. They don't have a kicker that can kick it in the end zone. They, they squib-kicked every one of their kickoffs. Yeah. But Did he try a field goal? Uh, did not, no. And in fact, missed an extra point. He was okay. four or five on extra points. So that'd be the one, mm-hmm. I guess, special teams kind of area that you could point at offensively. Talk about the skilled position players that they have. Jackson Daly's a junior. He's got offers already from Michigan, Louisville, mm. Iowa, Iowa State are involved with him. Lefty, good size, tough kid, really good quarterback. Xavier Nwanka, one of the best players in the country. And he's in the junior a junior, class. yeah. He's in that junior class, too. They have another junior that already has big offers. They can run the ball with Christensen, his dad, the wrestling coach and AD out there. He just retired. He did, yeah. Stepping stepping away after an incredible run at Southeast Polk. Offensive line averages 280. They have a sophomore, Caden Proctor, who is a sophomore that had offers from Iowa, Michigan, a bunch of other big programs before he even played a varsity snap. Now he's out there. Got a little dinged up late in the game. He was fine. Looked like on the sidelines, but they are big up front. They are physical. They are tough. They can do it all. And then defensively, Xavier Nwanka made maybe one of the plays of the year defensively. He was called He was called for targeting. It was not targeting. You could see the replay. I retweeted uh, basically a clip of a gif of him coming in, mm-hmm. led with his shoulder. It was one of the hardest hits that you will ever see, though. That was incredible to see. So does he have to miss? Is it the same as in college? You have to miss yeah. the first half of the next So he'll game? be out. They don't have currently a game scheduled for this week. If they don't play a game this week... They'll play a Tumwa on the road uh, the following week. But they have it all. Defensively, offensively, this is a complete mm. football team. They're really good. They are far and away the best team in 4A, certainly here, and I think the best team in the state. Interesting. All right, so there's your recap of the uh, of the weekend. Uh, hardly touched the golf again. It was, it yeah. was diff- I'm anxious to see the numbers, Trent. Mm-hmm. I am anxious to see the television numbers. There was no drama. I mean, it was a six-shot victory. Six shots. Wolf started with the lead, and it didn't hold it very long. Will the Masters be different? It'll still be an I NFL know. Sunday. I don't know. You know, they'll have the... And they've got a really good game that the Masters will lead into. Yes, an SEC see... game, yeah. Uh, but Saturday and Sunday in the final round oh, as well. Okay. The late window on Sunday on CBS is a marquee. Is that the 12th? Feels right. The marquee game... 
would be, eh, don't see anything on the 12th. Uh, whatever that's Is it the 8th? If it's the 8th, you get Steelers-Cowboys. What's the? Give me the game on the 15th, because it might be that one. I'm not sure when the Masters is. Uh, nothing. Nothing in the CBS windows? Bills, Cardinals, Broncos, no. Raiders. It's got to be the 8th, right? Uh, no, no, i got to Google this. I'm trying to find it, too. Race you. Race you. Who's got it? November 12th through the 15th. So it is the 15th. It is the 15th. Seahawks-Rams, that'd be a Fox game. 49ers Saints. I think Fox has the late window that day. I don't know. Nothing. Lead in. Oh, I know that the the uh, the pr- there's a primetime SEC tilt. Yes. Is that Alabama LSU? Uh, it's a- Alabama's involved. It's one of the big games. Yes. That's what it is. It's that Saturday. It's I know there's a huge lead in. Massive. In college yeah. I, I think it's I think it's Alabama LSU that night. Um. Gosh, I can find every SEC school except for that one. <laughs> yeah, this is riveting, isn't it? Here yeah. we go. Uh, Alabama. What are we looking for? November 4th. Alabama at LSU, at 5 LSU. o'clock. There you go. All right, we'll take a timeout. Scott Dockerman will join us next. Miller and Condon till noon. Uh, thanks for spending some of your morning here with us, Dockerman. Uh, then we'll recap with Matt Rudy from Golf Digest at 11.05. Dave Sproul on the clones. Big spot for them as they head to Fort Worth to take on TCU. It's 1460 KXNO and 106.org. Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Turn that down. <laughs> Motley Crue not doing it for you on a Monday? I was just being father, Ken. <laughs> Grandpa uh, Kenny. Grandpa Kenny, yeah. Uh, Scott Dockerman from The Athletic. He joins the program. Doc Trenton, Ken, thanks for coming on, Scott Dockerman. How are you? Hey, couldn't complain and digging the Motley Crew this morning. How are you guys? Doing fine, Doc. While we have a schedule, it uh, seems like we're a little bit closer. Uh, let me start with the Friday thing uh, that hasn't been announced. I saw something, I'm not sure if it's confirmed, that maybe we'll know the Friday uh, games this week. We anticipate the Black Friday that the Hawks will play. Will there be another one, Doc? That was uh, Minnesota was uh, originally scheduled for... Well, this actually this past Friday, uh, might might there be a couple of Friday dates for Iowa this year? Yeah, I think so. I, I think they're going to. One of the things I talked with Jim Phillips about, and then Gary Barta a little bit. He didn't really answer anything, was but just the ability to do some more creative scheduling, and a lot of that is going to be to put more matchups uh, and make them advantageous for a lot of their, uh, you know, their media partners and. When you start to look at early November, that used to be, you know, Friday nights used to be NBA country for yeah. for, the, uh, for ESPN. And, and uh, you know, at that point, you're going to be out of the World Series. You're going to be out of, uh, you know, NBA, NHL. So they're going to be looking for significant content because it's even before college basketball season. So this is point. the Big Ten's way of giving a, a thank you back. Mm-hmm. So I would anticipate up that there will be at least the first four weeks we'll have Friday night games. Uh, you know, Black Friday. I mean, why not have two Black Friday uh-huh. games? Um, that would be helpful. So I, I think, you know, if I was to wager a guess, I would think one of the first two road games, either Purdue to start the season or Minnesota 
um, in the fourth game would probably be at a, a Friday night game, and then I and I believe that Black Friday will be as well. So they draw Purdue a road trip to open up the season. A Purdue team, even in a victory last year, David Bell went off for nearly 200 yards in that matchup. Tough one to open up the season here. Not in terms of, of course, yeah, you'd rather have maybe Northwestern or Illinois, but just the way the Brahms team has played against Iowa lately. It's a very difficult matchup for Iowa in the style that they play, and and, and that's on defense. And really a lot of the four two five is centered around what Purdue can do, which is make you defend every single inch of turf um, on each and every game. And, and Iowa's not accustomed to that. Iowa is a run-first-stop defense. It's a two-gap defense. It tries to control the line of scrimmage. The first steps for the defensive line are more lateral rather than vertical. So you've got those issues that you've got to deal with inherently and foundationally. And then when you have a quarter, uh, you know, receivers, you know, if Rondale Moore can opt back in, and certainly if David Bell will be back, that, that's some challenges for Iowa. Now, that said, Iowa's got a pretty good team, a pretty good defense, and, and I dare say that their offense can and uh, compete with Purdue fairly easily. Although, George Karloftis, uh, he's the next superstar defensive lineman. He's probably the best defensive lineman they've had hmm. since Ryan Kerrigan 10 years ago. So I, I think they're going to have a, a handful with him. But that said, that's, a, that's an intriguing matchup to start the season. Yeah, that's high praise, Doc. When you put him in the uh, uh, same stratosphere with Kerrigan, who had a hell of a career both in college and then at the uh, at the next level. Scott Dockerman uh, is our guest. Well, Doc, as you look at the schedule, of course, the final week of the regular season, I thought the Big Ten did a really nice job the way that they set that up. Conceivably, there could be a Big Ten West title on the line, an opportunity the next week to take on, in all likelihood, Ohio State which seems like that's almost inevitable that Ohio State will come out of the East. I like the way that the Big Ten put some thought into that uh, on the final week of the regular season. We may have uh, a lot at stake in that football game. Yeah, I think so. I I would dare say I think that the Big Ten West Division Championship trophy will be in Kinnick. I don't know if it will be for both teams or just one, uh, but it it should be there for that. And, you know, some of the things I like about this is, one, this was taken off the original schedule as far as uh, some of the matchups on that final weekend, Iowa-Wisconsin being among them. And then the other one was in the East Division, they also kind of shifted around the matchups because I want to say it was Maryland and Michigan State and then Penn State versus Rutgers. And then they switched that around, so you got Michigan State-Penn State uh, again when they used to end each other's season, you know, back in the 11th you know, team days. So I think that there's some really good matchups to end that weekend and that season. So I think it's a, it's a good thing, but yeah, I could totally see Kinnick in the middle of December, you know, zero degrees out there. Yeah. And you got the, the old man, you know, physical football between the, the uh, Badgers and the Hawkeyes going at it. Uh, nothing says big 10 football quite like that. So we got football back. We have the schedule in front of us. Is this an advantage or a disadvantage more for Iowa? There's a little bit of both. The way the program is built, I think you can argue both sides of it. But what would you uh, rely on? That this is this shortened lead-up period, a shortened season, more positive for Iowa or more negative? Uh, you know, you, you, could, you could argue both sides of your mm-hmm. mouth, like you said. I, I think it's a positive in some ways uh, based on their matchups right off the bat. I mean, Purdue... 
cause Iowa problems, but I think Iowa is the better team. Northwestern, I'd rather play them earlier than later uh, because they've got a new quarterback, mm-hmm. and last year's offense was as bad as I've ever seen play in the last 15 years. And then same thing with Michigan State being game three with a new coach. They've got some issues. You know, Defensively, they're one of the best in the country, and offensively, they're right there with Northwestern and, and the you know, ends of the earth. So I think their run-up is, is they could get some momentum and, uh, you know, and have a quarterback who, you know, can do something with the ball with some pretty good receivers. So I think there's a chance there for them to be good. I mean, you wouldn't want necessarily what Nebraska has, you know, Ohio State and Wisconsin right off the bat. But I do think, uh, you know, there are challenges. And then Iowa's bid point is, is very, very difficult uh, going back to back at Minnesota and at Penn State. Hmm. You know, we had a caller during the break call and said you know, that his theory is that, um, you think Nebraska catches a bit of a break because we've seen at least so far, Doc, teams that have played uh, football already in week number one in their first game, they've kind of struggled out of the gate. It hasn't been the cleanest of football. It hasn't been awful by any means, but maybe not the cleanest. Maybe it's maybe it's better to get uh, those two heavy heads, get the favorite in the east, get the favorite out of the west if you're Nebraska out of the way early and then settle in a little bit. Yeah, it's not, that, it's not a bad thought. I mean, I, I would especially say that's true with Ohio State. Ohio State is the, by far the most talented team, and, and Nebraska will not be able to stop them. I mean, I really I think that's probably a 60-point game for, for Ohio State. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that said, uh, you know, Nebraska's got some you know players on offense, too. You know, Wondell Robinson and, and Adrian Martinez could do some damage there. So I kind of think that they might be able to put up some points. And if they could feel good about themselves, and, you know, they're not going to like losing, but if it's, say, <laughs> You know, something in the neighborhood of uh, of sixty two to to thirty five. I don't think that they would hate that performance just based because they're going that way. Yeah, you know, the Wisconsin one's difficult for them because they have struggled. They have, they've had they've struggled matching up physically against Iowa and, and Wisconsin. So that one right away. But if if they're even zero and two and they feel like they played well, they've got a shot to do something. So uh, you know, but that said, that you know the schedule. Delt, that dealt them Penn State and Ohio State. That was the original one all along. I mean, you know, Maryland has the worst stretch of any team in the Big Ten. I mean, you know, they've, they've got to go. I think it's Minnesota, Penn State, Ohio State in success. Oh. So that's that's uh, that's two through four for them. So there's actually ten other teams that have more difficult stretches Nebraska. So I, I think this has been a little bit overplayed as far as their concern over who they're playing. Uh, Scott Jockerman from The Athletic is our guest. Doc, when you had an opportunity uh, with Barta on, I think it was Friday, uh, we, we'd seen earlier in the day that there's going to be no fans at any stadium a- across the Big Ten footprint this this for the entire season. Are they walking back on that just a tad maybe? Certainly there's going to be no fans early uh, in the season, but I thought Barta left the door open a little bit. I'm not saying they're going to fill the place. or fill, you know, I mean, Who knows what the uh, uh, percentage-wise is, but he seemed to walk it back. I got the sense that at some point there might be fans at Kinnick Stadium this fall. Yeah, he did uh, leave that door open, and that did draw in some questions, I think. And, uh, you know, it was pretty much clear, I thought, on that on that Wednesday that uh, there were going to be no fans allowed. Um, but, you know, hey, they walked back football six weeks later. Maybe in six weeks they'll look at some of the factors and what could happen. And, 
And let's face it, if they're playing uh, Wisconsin <laughs> or even at Illinois, which is could be every bit as cold and probably right. worse with that wind tunnel. Yes. Um, and if the, everybody are, is bundled up and wearing ski masks, um, I think you could probably let people in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but So I don't know. I mean, I, I do think there's probably some wiggle room that some of these uh, programs will be able to make cases for. So I, I would say it's uh, right now it's just under unlikely. But I think it's also possible. I posed this to Ken earlier today. When we get to that final week of the regular season, Iowa-Wisconsin, will a division crown be on the line? Can Iowa, even if they're a game back, catch them and get the tiebreaker? Will it matter for the championship game? Mm-hmm. I think if you look at Iowa's schedule, I think you know the first three games you've got to like. You know Iowa's chances mm-hmm. uh, going to Minnesota. They beat them five years in a row. Uh, you know they've been fairly close most of the time since then. But I'd say Iowa has a shot there. Uh, Penn State. They've been very very close the last three years for sure. I mean coming down to the last possession. And then uh, you know Nebraska. They beat Nebraska five straight. They beat Illinois six straight. So I, I think you know they got they should have a shot. I think this is a pretty good team. I think they've got a as good of an offense as they've had in 10 years. I don't think the defense is quite there yet, but um, uh, and it wouldn't surprise me at all if that they got a chance to go to Indy or where, wherever it ended up being uh, You know that final weekend by playing Wisconsin. And I think the Badgers definitely will be in that category. It's just a matter of, I think, the only other team in the West that I really give a, a good shot to is Minnesota. Yeah. And, uh, and But even then, I, I think they, they lost some players. I think they're going to be... Um, you know, they lost to both Iowa and Wisconsin last year, and I don't think they got better. Yeah, I'm with you. It'd be good if they can get Bateman back, especially, uh, I mean, that, they need him. Uh, Morgan's a terrific quarterback. So, Doc, what's the, what do we know that uh, right now that they get to do that, uh, is it 20 hours a week, and they'll do that through a week from Wednesday, and then they can begin practice? Is that the day, or is it, it I, I thought I heard Wednesday, but is it earlier than that? Uh, the contact is supposed to take place starting September 30th. Which is Wednesday, so week from, right? A week from Wednesday, right. yeah. yeah. So they got nine more days of, of uh, you know, whatever kind of drills they're doing. I mean, they are working out in helmets, and they're doing all kinds of drills and practices. And I think that they are under the, you know, the, the at least 20 hours a week, mm-hmm. you know, specific to every day or not. I mean, I have seen the photos. So, you know, they are working out. It, but contact is supposed to start on the 30th when everybody can get tested um, each day. So um, at that point, that's when it, that's when it really gets real uh, for, for all the teams in the league. Doc, I know you're concentrating a ton on football right now, but a basketball question before we let you go. We found out last week that Des Moines is working out a bubble along with Drake University, possibly getting something here. What are you hearing, if anything, on the Iowa front as it pertains to what their non-conference schedule will look like? I don't know, Trent. I haven't had a chance to really ask about it. Uh, you know, I, I, all I know is really what the NCAA has released last week, and that is four. Uh, they they want teams to play four games, and that's uh, non-conference games, and then go from there. So I haven't, as you mentioned, I, I really haven't checked anything. I know that they were almost completely full with the, uh, you know, with their regular or their non-conference schedule. I don't know how that's going to get reshaped. I did ask Barta about it. He said that they're going to, uh, you know, they're, everybody in America is going to have to revise their schedules, uh, you know, basketball. I, I would like, I just, if anything else, I just hope, 
I, I don't care about any non-conference games except one for Iowa, and that's Iowa State. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it looks like the the ACC and Big Ten Challenge is going to get pushed back to the second week of December. Uh, you know, that would be great, but but frankly, yeah, I just I just want to see the Cyhawk at least in basketball this year. So hopefully that one gets done. If that's in Des Moines. Hey, it'd be perfect if you could get all four teams of the state playing a, a round robin at, at Wells Fargo Arena. I, I totally would take that. I'm all for it. Will you be at Jack Trice a week from Saturday to see Oklahoma? Uh, it kind of depends on spacing. Um, it, it was it's pretty tight there, so we do have a we will have a reporter there. So I think it remains to be determined yet, but. Uh, you know, I, I would imagine Iowa State will have a better effort that day than they did uh, against Louisiana. Absolutely. Scott Dockerman from The Athletic. Doc, thank you. We appreciate it. You got a good piece up as you break down and take a long look at the uh, teams on Iowa's schedule. It was posted this morning at theathleticathletic.com. We've got a great sale going on, as always. Well worth the money. Trent and I give it two enthusiastic thumbs up, and we're not paid endorsers. We're subscribers. <laughs> thank you, Scott Dockerman. Appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Good to talk to you. Scott Dockerman from The Athletic on the Hawks. They have a schedule, so he thinks that, I mean, I could, I get his point. Mm-hmm. I, I, I I'll set a quarterback. That. We don't know with Peters. This is a good team. Yeah, they But are a quarterback a can derail things very quickly. Mm-hmm. What's your old adage? If you got a quarterback, you got, you got a, a chance. chance. We don't know if they have a quarterback. I think they do. You're a believer in Petrus. I want to be a believer in I was been good with first-year starters. Yes, they have. In fact, sometimes it's been the best year. <laughs> yes. And as the career has gone on. By the way, speaking of careers in a former Hawkeye quarterback, and not Nate Stanley's not going to take Kirk Cousins' spot, but boy, oh boy, Trent. Maybe you should. This Vikings team is awful. How are they, how did they get this so bad all of a sudden? I the, I, I think the um, defections, yeah. defensively the defensive line, Stephon Diggs. They don't have a two receiver. Right, Thielen's a nice player. Thielen's a nice player. He's a nice player. But when he he's needs got Diggs next exactly. Yeah. And that offensive line, boy, oh boy. I, I, I'm not saying that they're in the Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes because the Lions are awful and the Jets are worse. Um, but boy, oh boy, it's going to be a long year. I wonder if we can find another team and blow off the Vikings here on cakes and oh. You're already looking to jump ship, huh? Ooh, they're bad. When we come back, there's always an 0-2 team that makes a run. Let's see if we in, can, the, in the NFL? Let's see if we can find the 0-2 team that's still going to get back in it. Extra playoff spot this year, seven that's teams. That's a good point. Who's the 0-2? We'll find out next. All right, Miller and Cotton until noon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. 10- get All right, Miller and Condon, welcome back to Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. So before we went to break, Trent threw out that there's always an 0-2 team that finds their way into the playoffs, and with the expansion of an extra wild card this year, perhaps that will indeed be the case this year. So during the break, I looked. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, I have two. You have two that I, jumped I have off the two page, 0-2 okay? teams that I think legitimately have a start. So here's the 0-2 teams. We'll go through them for those of you who are in front of you. The Jets, the Dolphins, the Bengals, the Texans, the Broncos, uh, in the NFC, Giants, Eagles, Vikings, Lions, Falcons, Panthers, and that's it. You identified the Texans. I did. And... That's where it comes becomes a little bit more difficult. I know it's not your team. Nope. You're way down on the, the it, Eagles. You're right. 
It's the Eagles because they're in the AFC or the NFC East, mm-hmm. and the two, three teams above them. Uh, Washington's won a game. Dallas, I don't know how they won. Well, I do know how that game. Atlanta apparently doesn't coach special teams. Right? How can the ball? It's an onside kick. Atlanta is allowed to get on the ball whenever they want. And they sat and they watched it until it crossed 10 yards. Maybe they thought if it wasn't hit on a tee that you couldn't touch it. I have no idea. I mean, just don't have the same amount of time to go through all the scenarios. Yeah, but haven't you played football before you get to the NFL at some point? Right. You would think that at some point they would have learned that. Anyways, they didn't. So uh, those are my two. Do you have anybody else? How about Miami? Well, here's what I'm hoping. With Tua. That's what it <laughs> And they catch fire and mm-hmm. and they sneak in the back door and 8-8 eight and eight gets that last spot. Maybe. You know, I was hoping that this week that Miami would mm-hmm. stink so bad yesterday because you know what the, Monday, uh, the Thursday night game is this week? Well, it must involve them, huh? Miami-Jacksonville. All right. A little mustache with Garden Minshew. But give me Tua yes. versus the mustache, right? Yeah. Now, that would be... I mean, I'm guessing the NFL is hoping for that. Right, exactly. I mean, Ryan Something Fitzpatrick, please. He's got a beard. Yeah, I guess. Uh, okay, I can see your I can see your scenario. And that outside of that, Giants, no Jets, nope, no, nope. Bengals defense too bad. Yeah, they're in the wrong division. Can you make a case for Atlanta? Yeah, uh, I th- that defense. You know what? Maybe we should ask him. Can you make a case if if the Raiders knock off the Saints tonight? Um, no, I don't think so. I think it's the Eagle. I think it's the Te- look. The Texans. Their first two weeks, they've had Chiefs, right. Ravens. Yeah, right. Have fun with that. All right, we'll have fun with Matt Rudy Golf Digest. We'll talk about the U.S. Open. We'll recap. We're not going to spend a ton of time. I have not seen television ratings uh, on that. Um, Matt Campbell's 10 minutes away from meeting the media via teleconference. Dave Sproul is listening in. He'll join us, Sproul will, not Campbell, in 25 minutes. 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM.